Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Welcome back to the Gospel for Life. Uh, once again, it's just the three of us in the studio. Jonathan is not able to be with us today. We're hoping that he is getting well and recovering, and we'll be back again with us soon. We've been working through some questions um, dealing with Really just some some easy, um, low-hanging fruit type of theological questions. How does God's sovereignty and man's free will relate to each other? Where where did evil come from in the world? Um, so kind of your run-of-the-mill, um, let's have just a casual, easy conversation <laughs> over coffee type of stuff. Um, so You know, Thanksgiving time yeah, conversations, yeah, Christmas yeah. time conversations. Yeah. The, the kind of the... Oh, wow, this is why, why even bother with such silly, mundane things. And we're going to continue that today by talking about something that you might not know the label of, but in just popular language, you may have encountered this. So we're going to talk about the idea of open theism. And so I'm going to have either Phil or Josh just kind of talk through, well, what is that? And then we're going to bring it down to, okay, you might not have heard it as an actual belief system fully worked out, but what does it look like in everyday terms? So let's start big picture. What is open theism? So that we don't um, caricature the view. So just we disagree strongly with open theism, but so we don't caricature the view. This is from the Internet Encyclopedia of Philosophy. Open theism is this. It's the thesis that because God loves us and desires that we freely choose to love him, he has made his knowledge of and plans for the future conditional upon our actions. So though God is omniscient, God does not know what we will freely do in the future. Though omnipotent, he has chosen to invite us to freely collaborate with him in governing and developing his His creation Uh, thereby also allowing us the freedom to thwart his hopes for us. God desires that each of us freely enter into a loving and dynamic personal relationship with him, and he has therefore left it open to us to choose for or against his will. Mm -hmm. So how does an open theist still embrace Romans 8.28, that God works all things for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And they do hold to Romans 8, 28. Of so course, they, they yes, do not throw course. that out. So how do they hold to that and what Josh just said? Right. Well, I, and once again, I'm going to, like Josh, I'm going to try to be as fair as possible, at least for a few moments. <laughs> and then you'll be totally unfair. <laughs> and then, <I'll> be t- <laughs> then I will be ruthless. Uh, that sounds about right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but but I think an open theist would say that, that God is adaptive, that that God, uh, the, that the sovereignty of God, what they would mean by the sovereignty of God, is that God is completely, uh, that the, the, the sovereignty of God means that 
Um, although God does not anticipate all of the future and God does not control everything that happens in the, in the future. Uh, one open theist likes to talk about that I'm familiar with, likes to talk about the uncontrolling love of God. And based on the, on the verse from first Corinthians 13, that, uh, love does not demand its own way. Therefore, God does not demand, the logic is that therefore then God does not demand his own way. But God is completely adaptive, and this is the way that the sovereignty of God works in open theism. I'm not agreeing with this. That God takes all of these unanticipated events that God did not plan and that God did not anticipate, and God is able to work. And is not the cause of. And God is not the cause of, exactly. And that God takes all these events um, and even including human sin and evil, and works these things together in an adaptive way, moving toward God's ultimate purpose. I, I like your hand motions there. Um, unfortunately, our listeners couldn't see them, but <laughs> but it was almost like you were playing chess, and that, that's one of the illustrations that yes. they that they there use. The open theist yes. uses is that God is simply the master chess player. <clears throat> No matter what moves that we move on the chessboard, God is ultimately able to kind of overcome and work with what we've been given, what, what we give him. So uh, is, that, uh, is that fair, do you think? No, I think all of that is fair. To embrace open theism, I'm going to give you guys a choice of which direction you want to go next. <laughs> <laughs> so we can either deal with, well, what's wrong with open theism? Or, if you would prefer, we can start by saying, okay, I don't know anybody that just blatantly says, I'm an open theist. What does it look like on a popular level? Um, how would you know that you're encountering somebody that's kind of um, embracing at least some of the beliefs of open theism, even though they might not even know that they the title or that they are? So which direction well, do you want to go? What I really want to do is, what I really want to say is, instead of answering that question... <laughs> I want to answer my own questions, oh, okay. but I okay. will not do that because okay. I am a better guest than you are. Yeah, yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. Well, let's say an, an example of what might be called open theism in, in common usage and, and people that don't even, don't even know that they're, that they're citing open theism. Uh, let's say um, you're uh, uh, somebody is uh, pregnant and uh, anticipating having a baby, and let's say that the baby is born uh, with profound health issues, and somebody who unknowingly has absorbed open theism might come to you and and attempt to. You're you're the parent of this new baby that has some really profound and difficult health issues, and of course, as a parent, you're brokenhearted and. And uh, you're suffering along with your, your suffering and your child is suffering. And uh, somebody may come to you and say, you know, look, um, God didn't do this. Um, God, God had no control over this. This is just something that happened. And God is suffering with you. And God uh, <coughs> weeps with you. Um, but don't think for a moment that God did this or that God was somehow in control over this. Mm -hmm. um, that's not true. God is sovereign and God is in control. 
And I, for one, and I, I think I'm going to say two things about that. First of all, the Bible teaches it, that God is absolutely sovereign in control and over everything that happens. But frankly, I don't find comforting a God who's not in control, who just suffers along with me when when tragedy happens or when pain comes into life. Um, boy, I'm, I am so thankful that we worship a God who is sovereign over all these things. And I don't always understand God's purpose, but because God is sovereign, I know that I can trust him and that the end of, that, that in the end, God will work his purpose out and that nothing can thwart his sovereignty. But if, but once again, let me back up a little bit. If somebody comes to you in any tragic situation that you might be dealing with or somebody else is dealing with and says, God didn't cause this or God had nothing to do with this, and but God is with you. It sounds so pastoral. Yes. But that that's part of the problem. Um, to be truly pastoral, we do have to be biblical. And God told Moses in Exodus 4.11, uh, who made man's mouth, who made him mute or deaf or seeing or blind, is it not I, the Lord? Yes. So in, in your example of, of birth defects, God is saying he's the one who is ordaining those things to come to pass. Yeah. And so it's, it's not pastoral, it's not loving to be untruthful. Right. But you, you asked the question, you know, what are, what are some of the um, consequences of that? Um, and we kind of mentioned this on yesterday's show. One of the consequences of that is, okay, if God is not res- responsible for this, if if uh, th- then the question is who is, um, who who is ordering these things? Who is? Does that mean that someone's more powerful than God that he could overcome God's will? Well, then we're not even talking about the Christian God anymore. We're we're talking about um, what you know the the pagans the pagan philosophers would call it a, a type of dualistic universe where you have two opposing powers that are kind of equal and we're just going to have to kind of wait to see who who wins out in the yeah. end yeah. then that's why open theism is totally not a comforting um doctrine at all Russ, you you were sharing off there maybe you could share that story about before you even knew what open theism or or reformed theology was how this impacted you yeah, when I was in college, I had to meet in a small group of, of students, and one was with uh, uh, three or four other people, and one of them was a non-traditional, and I was just introducing myself, and um, one of the significant uh, moments in my life, defining moments in my life, is my mom was diagnosed with cancer um, when she was quite young, when I was very young, um, and um, she died of cancer at the age of eight, uh, 42, I was 10. Um, so that had a profound impact on my life, and so I was sharing this in this group of with these other students and said something to the effect of that later I would have said that that was part of God's plan and will um, that he had ordained it. I didn't phrase it that way because I didn't know the reform jargon of, of, you know, at that point in my life, but the sense of that this was all under God's care and plan and that, you know, and this, this non-traditional student got very angry at me and said, God had nothing to do with that. That, that was not God. That was, and I don't even remember who she uh, ascribed it to. And I just remember thinking, wait, you just took away all of my comfort. Because if God wasn't in control of that, that means somebody else was. 
And that's not very comforting for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I took great comfort in the fact that even though I didn't like the fact that my mom had died, and naturally I would have wanted her not to have, but my comfort in all of that was that this also was underneath God's perfect will and plan, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. he was working even this for my good and his glory. Yeah. And when she began to touch that just instinctively from what I knew of the Bible— not Reformed theology, just of the Bible, that felt wrong. Yeah. You know, and again, you can see um, God's control, especially in difficult places. In the book of Habakkuk, he was one of the prophets that saw the the coming of Babylon come and destroy, absolutely destroy Judah. And Habakkuk complained against God, but he didn't complain because he thought that God was out of control. He complained precisely because he knew that God was in control. Mm-hmm. He said in chapter 1, uh, verse 12, O Lord, you have ordained them, the Babylonians, as a judgment. You established them for reproof. He, well, he, he's complaining because he's like, how could you let this wicked nation devour a nation that's less wicked than they are? So his problem wasn't that God was out of control. His problem was that God was in control and he didn't understand God's purpose. Mm-hmm. 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 I um, One of the lead thinkers on open theism is a man by the name of Greg Boyd, and um, I'm not encouraging you to read his stuff because I don't, I don't find it all that helpful. But what I've, I've found when I've read it is it's not very, it's not very comforting because it does give the, what Josh was just saying, it does give the sense that the world is out of control. Um, and I, I, I appreciate the fact that they at least acknowledge that God is the great chess master that can respond well to everything. But in doing so, they still give away God's control of all things. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not willing to do that. That's right. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We will see you next time. 